0: Don't say anything. Don't move a muscle. Make sure there's tape over the camera on your phone and on your laptop. Remember, you're only paranoid if you're wrong. Hi, I'm Chaz Cable, and you're listening to Dreams Come True. This episode of Dreams Come True is brought to you in part by The Homeless Monster Organization, or your HMO. Every year, over 3,000 monsters die in the street after being wrongfully evicted, without warning, from their homes, in closets or under beds. As we approach this holiday season, please keep these monsters in your hearts, and if you can, in your homes. And if you are unable to house a monster yourself for just under $2 a month, you can adopt a homeless monster today and give them a home worth living in. All they need is a little closet space, or a gap under your toddler's bed, or even just a dark corner deep in your cellar. Please, do your part, and put a monster in your son's room tonight. Thank you. Brought to you by homeless monster organization, your HMO. Putting monsters back in closets since 2012. This is a story about you. Yes, you. You had to know you couldn't hide much longer. You had to know that they'd find you. It's time to answer the question that's on everyone's lips. Just who are you? You call yourself Jack. It's not the name you were born with, but you've always seen yourself as a Jack. It fits you better than the one you had. You kind of wish that your parents waited to name you until you had a personality, until you were old enough to know who you actually are. Who were they to name you before they knew you? If they met you today for the first time, they'd say that you are absolutely, without a doubt, Jack. And they would damn any other name. Jack. It fits you perfectly, like you finally found the right-sized pants after years of hand-me-down, oversized skirts. Jack, a young man with a lot of dreams and the ability to achieve them. That's what that name means to you. And right now, you're saving up for those dreams. You're a server at a restaurant, one that you could never afford to eat at, in a city that you could never afford to live in. So, needless to say, you make good money. More than enough to get by. Oh, and you're a damn good server, aren't you, Jack? One-of-a-kind kid with a winning smile. And today? Today is just another day. There's nothing special about it, at least nothing yet. If you lived in the Lego movie, for example, today would just be a part of your introductory montage to the tune of Everything is Awesome. But of course you live in the real world, where a montage would be as ridiculous as if you broke out into song and dance yourself. In the real world, a special day presents itself in unusual ways. This doesn't mean that there's not a rhythm to your life. No, quite the contrary, it simply entails that you're the only person who can hear your rhythm. And honestly, You wouldn't have it any other way, would you? Today is an average day in the life of Jack, but what does that entail? You wake up bright and early, clean yourself, brush your teeth, brush your hair, throw on a layer of makeup, grab a bagel and hop out the door and onto your bike. You were never much of a car person, were you, Jack? No, you'd rather bike to work. It is only a couple miles, after all, and it gives you a chance to interact with the people, not to mention it keeps you fit. Maybe today you'll meet someone special. Who knows how they'll affect your life, how their dominoes will hit yours, and just what direction they'll fall. Life really is fascinating for you, isn't it, Jack? You start your trek to work, humming to the rhythm in your heart, and you make it into the city. You start to walk your bike the last couple of blocks, and it's almost eleven in the morning so the streets are fairly packed. You stop for coffee at a local shop, one that you really enjoy. You'd brew the coffee yourself if only you knew how to pack in the flavor the same way they do. It's a shame. On your way out, you drop a couple dollars in a hat next to a man sitting in aged, stained clothes. You see this man every day. His long brown hair, matted curly beard, and solemn green eyes. His name is Leon. He was a high school theater teacher before they started cutting the art programs. You want to feel bad, but it's kind of the world we live in. Art, if it ever were alive, is now most certainly dead. Thanks, Jill. God bless you, girl. You want to remind him that it's Jack now, and it has been for a bit, but you know that he won't remember by tomorrow. It's not intentional him, so you kind of shrug it off and continue your journey. Just like that, today's another day. You head into work, parking your bike on the rack and locking it up. And so the day goes on, just as any other. You take orders, deliver food, you make banter, you flirt whenever it comes, and however it can help with tips. I mean, after all, you are a handsome man, Jack. It all works out for you. You've never even had a rough customer or made a mistake when you take an order. You just got good people and you got good work. You always get at least 20%, and everything seems to fall into place for you, making today just as uninteresting as yesterday and just as mundane as tomorrow. Why do you live such an, a repetitive, unchallenging life? Is there something else you're working towards? What is your dream, Jack? You had something you wanted to accomplish. That's why you were working so hard, isn't it? Your motivation, what drives your character? I sincerely hope you're not getting caught up in the work and forgetting why you work. Oh, I know you have a goal. You have a dream, don't you? That dream that you kept a little tip jar full of stray dollars saving up for? Your dream that you prep for every weekend with a hike into the woods. The dream you find yourself in nature. At one with it. Reconnecting with the mother of all life. The dream to just disappear into the wild. Alexander Supertramp style. But you want to be prepared. His life was intriguing, but his death was avoidable. (laughs) Everything here in the restaurant in your life feels so fake. Your customers feel like NPCs, people who briefly exist as they enter the restaurant and then cease as soon as they exit. Their life story being largely meaningless to you, just as yours is to them. It's not real. Nothing feels real. You swear to yourself that some of them even look like like avatars, copied and pasted into different outfits. It would, it would really be strange if you could remember it any other way. It's like you're playing a game, and you don't want life to feel like that, do you? Like everything's outlined for you, and you're just going through the motions? No. No. No, the world outside of this career-based life has to feel better. Unpoisoned by society, by people. Something real is out there. It has to be, right? But for now, Jack, you're working. Taking orders, bringing out food, a joke here, a laugh there. Everything is in its rhythm. Pancakes, a beer, two burgers, rare. No pickles on one. Water, no ice. Ice, no water. Fifty-dollar steak. You walk from table to table, seeing faces that have little to no impact on your life, giving them a smile that you've rehearsed through years of service work. You go to a man in a suit and start to ask if they want anything to drink, and if he's ready to order. Hit right on. Seal bro. What did he say? That didn't sound right. It forces you to kind of give him a quizzical look. This is unusual. You don't normally have time to analyze the people you serve. He's thrown you off your groove. He seems like a fairly plain man with a fairly plain face. Black suit, black shades, short brown hair, clean shaven. He has a, an intensity about him that you can't quite shake. He also seems familiar. But you don't know why. He doesn't quite fit in the world around him. Like a piece brought in from the wrong puzzle. And you ask him to repeat himself. Water, please. Not yet ready. (laughs) That was weird, right? But you shake it off. A glitch in the Matrix. (laughs) You laugh to yourself and you grab his drink. Uh, helping a couple other tables out on the way When you get back to place it He's not at the table you left him uh, You're perplexed you look to your left and he's not there you look to your right and no, Hang on. He's there He's four tables down four tables away. You were certain he was there. How did it happen? You can swear there's a sort of static in the room it feels like everything went quiet for a minute. You walk over, shaking off this sensation, place his drink on the table, and and ask him what he'd like to order. What's your name, son? You tell him that everyone just calls you Jack. I like that. You look like a Jack. How's your day going? As perfect as any other? You nod and crack some joke about work, hoping to get him to laugh, too. He doesn't. He stares at you through those impenetrable shades. You see, Jack, my day has not been particularly great. I just got fired, budget cutbacks, and honestly, Jack, I'm a little upset. You feel uncomfortable. You're just standing there with a pen and a pad, staring at this intense man wishing he would order. Why are you sweating? It's just a customer. Sure, he's upset, but there's nothing to be afraid. Jack, are you listening? Because what I'm about to say is pretty important. And you snap back into focus. None of this is real, Jack. This world, these people, none of it. Well, except for you. You're real, aren't you, Jack? And I'm real, and the agency is It's very, very dangerously real. But then, he points around the restaurant at customers, other servers, even the cook who is visible through the window. They're all drones. They all think they're real, and they think this meal is more than painted sludge, but it's not. Isn't it a little strange to think that every person in here has their own life story? Their own family? their own dreams? Isn't it hard to conceptualize, check, that everyone here is just as much of a person as you are? You think about it for a second. It is hard to think like that. You're the only one who really feels real to you. And you look back at the people around you. They look real enough, but no, the close ones do. They're moving in a unique fashion, but behind them, further away in the restaurant, you see what look like videos stuck on a loop, forks being lifted to faces without food on them, the cook just flipping the same burger over and over and over again, a family being sung happy birthday in absolute silence, and all their faces look, what is going on? The man takes off his glasses. And at once, you know why he looks familiar. You'd just never seen him without a beard. It's Leon. Heck, you've seen him sitting on that corner every day of your life for the past. How long have you been working here, Jack? You can't quite place it, but you'd recognize Leon's face anywhere. His face and those deep green eyes. Thing is, Jack... You look like a good enough kid. And I do not know what they're going to do now. But you deserve more than this. He gestures around again. Your breathing is heavier now. Take this. They'll be coming for you soon. As soon as you see the truth. But I'm going to leave the option up to you. Would you rather live in a cave of shadows and lies? Or do you want to struggle for freedom and see what real life is? grabs your hand and looks you in the eyes. It's up to you, kid. Make the right choice. You have no idea what he's talking about. It just got very dramatic for a very brief moment. You have no idea why. He turns away from you, and puts his hand on the table, and looks forward, dead silent. You're spellbound for a moment, and you look down in your hand at the USB drive he just placed and look back at the now the now empty table, only home to a glass of water and a pair of sunglasses. Naturally, you blink a few times and look around the restaurant to see if anyone else saw what just happened. For a moment, just a second, when you turned to look, it was like every set of eyes was on you, frozen and watching. Then they snap back to their meals and to their lives. All at the same time. Like you just caught every person in here checking you out. Now they're all covering their asses. You're scared. And you're sweating. And you've got a headache. And you put the flash drive in your pocket. You quietly and quickly clock out early without saying a word. And you bike home in the dark, passing Leon's spot. Which, which looks like he was never there you speed up on unusually empty streets you don't normally see them at this time normally you're working but you'd think at least someone would be out it only makes you want to get home faster you look at it the flash drive as you burst through your doors closing and locking it tight behind you you pull out your laptop sit at your desk and plug it in something deep in your core doesn't feel right like you've made a choice with egregious consequences But it's too late now. You can feel the cardboard castle of your reality crumple under the rain. You have instantaneous regret. But you had to do it. And your computer lights up, spitting code at you that you don't understand. Then it automatically opens a video file. And it statics in for a moment. Then it's crystal clear. Whatever happens on the screen in front of you is far too visceral to describe. Instead the you that is listening will see this like an out-of-body experience watching you change your life Jack you are sitting in front of a laptop from where we are we can make out that it is a macbook with a couple of band Stickers on it and you are sitting in a cheap office chair with Heavy eyes staring at a screen which is creating a light blue rectangle on your deep brown eyes You're sweating Noises are coming from the computer We would think that they're not human, but you have a very different understanding. You seem to be able to see, clear as day, what they are. You throw your hands in front of your mouth, and your eyes are wide as tears streak down your face. We can tell you want to look away, you want to scream, but you can't. Like you're watching a car wreck. You just sit helpless, forced to watch, but incapable of action. You muffle a scream behind your hand, and something seems to have shocked you. Something horrifying. Then silence. Absolute silence. You close the laptop slowly, with shaking hands. Can't have been real, could it? And we're back in your body, we're back looking through your eyes, and you smash your computer. You take it up in the air, and you slam it against the ground until it is nothing but bits and pieces of what it once was. You had to. You had to destroy what you just saw, no matter what it took. Then you sprint up the stairs, grabbing a bag and stuffing it with your clothes and the money in the jar. You hear car engines outside loud and they're revving they're here oh god they're here you grab your old baseball bat and head back to the stairs just in time to hear the door get blown off its hinges in a massive deafening explosion there's a high-pitched noise in your ears and you freeze just long enough to see agents identical to leon charging into your home one after another they all have black suits and guns raised You know exactly who they're looking for. And you quietly try to retreat back into your room, slowly, hoping they don't hear you. Hoping that you have time. All this stress caused you to forget that your top stair squeaks when you step on it. Until your foot's already down. All the agents turn, in sync, and start running to the stairs. You go to your room as fast as you can and barricade the door just in time to hear them banging against it, and you run to your window and break it before you jump through and slide down your garage roof, landing right in front of an agent. Without thought, you swing your bat hard at his head right as he turns towards you, and you see his jaw fly clean off the body. There's no blood. And the agent barely reacts he just straightens his tie then his head and then he looks at you you're a bit in shock as two agents grab you by the arms from behind surprising you and you struggle against it but you can feel that it's futile they aren't muscular per se but they are unflinching against your attempted might like pushing a brick wall and then you feel a needle enter your neck, and everything is gone. You can assume that your body went limp, that they're taking you somewhere, that something is going to happen soon, but you have no idea. One second, you are there, and the next, you're gone. The next thing you hear, you hear in darkness. Test Subject ji 77 simulation run 42 hyphen jack subject chose freedom again test failed limiting literacy an increase of serotonin injections to effectively make him more comfortable and docile in run 43. your alarm bell rings and so starts your day just as uninteresting as yesterday and as mundane as tomorrow Good morning, Jake. It's time to get ready for work. The Dream I have a lot of dreams about people breaking in, or uh, regular server dreams about messing up orders and people being rude. One was a CIA or FBI infiltrating, uh, or a cult, and it resulted in awful violence. Specifically, I remember watching someone's jaw get ripped off. Submitted by Anna H. Thank you for listening to episode four of Dreams Come True, titled NPC. A couple of notes before uh, our standard episode outro. Uh, my next episode will be the first Nightmare special, uh, the first episode where I take a nightmare and turn it into, ideally, a truly frightening story about you. Every fifth episode, uh, as I'm planning, uh, will be a part of this subseries I'm calling A Bump in the Nightmare, uh, and I really hope you enjoy it. Okay, back to business. Dreams Come True is written and performed by Chaz Cable. Huge thank you to Anna H. for the dream, and to HMO for sponsoring this episode. Personally, I support as many monsters as I can. If you want to help, all you have to do is step out of the closet yourself and make room for someone else in your life. If you'd like to stay updated uh, about our, this podcast, please follow me on Instagram at dreams come true underscore pod, that is dreams come true underscore pod or follow the Facebook page, the Catawba Alumni Artist Collective, uh, and you can also find some other really great podcasts there. I haven't yet sold my soul to Apple, but after Eve took a bite out of it, the podcast planet became dependent on it. So please, leave me a review on iTunes so I can get better, be better, and be more known. I'm not sure how the algorithms work, but I think it's important. If you would like to submit a dream to be transcribed into a short story, please send it to Dreamcast Radio at gmail.com. That is Dreamcast Public Radio at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and please enjoy part three of A Story of Two. And sleep tight, no matter what the bed bugs do. This is the story of two, and this, this is the news at eight. Today is the six year anniversary of NASA's launching of the Hades ship. The first faster than light speed vessel intended to put the very first human being on Pluto. As you remember, we lost contact with the ship as soon as it exceeded light speed and hadn't heard from them until exactly three years later, when the following ominous message was transmitted on every radio frequency across the globe. We made So cold, not alone. See you soon, Sam. And today, as we do every year on Channel 7 News, we will hold a moment of... They look like us. They sound like... Us. And they're coming. God. I'm so sorry, Sam. (laughs) Ah! Silence. What the hell was that?